we want to enter in uh, the right way to service um, and giving all the glory to Jesus. Heavenly Father, I thank you for everything that you're doing in this church service, Heavenly Father. Um, you've set it up uh, before the, even the beginning of time, Heavenly Father. You knew we were going to meet here um, today on August the 1st, 2021, Heavenly Father. And you know, Heavenly Father, exactly who was going to be here, Heavenly Father, and who needed to be here, Heavenly Father. But we, we pray for those that are here and the ones that want to be here but necessarily just can't, Heavenly Father. We bless, we thank you that you're going to bless this service, Heavenly Father, where it's not me up here teaching, Heavenly Father, but it's you teaching through me, Heavenly Father. I just want to be a willing vessel for you to speak what you want to speak uh, to your people, Heavenly Father. And I thank you and I praise you that our eyes are open to see what you want us to see and our ears are open to hear what you want us to hear. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. All right, you guys can be seated. Um, this is definitely not what I was going to teach at all. Um, I had other plans, but as we know, sometimes, or most all time, Jesus' plans need to override our plans. Um, so I kind of had everything set up, and uh, he was like, uh, we're going to talk about this. So um, I definitely had to go with that, because if not, I would have stepped out as his will, and it wouldn't have been um, annoying as it's supposed to be. Um, so have any of you guys ever heard of the phrase, watch your mouth? Maybe your mom or your grandma or your dad said, you better watch your mouth, something like that, right? And usually that's probably after you've probably said something you probably shouldn't have said. Maybe you got smart Alec with them or something like that, had a smart tone. Um, but Jesus, he's going to teach us today to watch our mouths, what we say with our tongue. Because with our tongue lies the power of life and death by what we speak. And sometimes we are our worst enemies by saying things that does not line up with the word of God. Um, and we're also going to, it's kind of a two-parter in half and half, and we're going to talk about watching our hearts as well. What, what we allow enter into our hearts. Um, all right, so uh, Brother Jeremiah um, Johnson uh, taught an awesome, awesome, awesome message last week. Um, and some of the key things that kind of really stood out to me uh, within the service, and he taught a lot of different things. But one of the things is the devil has no power. No power on us. Zero, zilch, nada. He has no power over us unless we give it to him, okay? And a lot of the times we give the devil power, not necessarily sometimes with our actions, of course, but with our mouths. We speak things that lines up not with the word of God, but lines up with the word of the devil. So for example, have you ever been in a church service, maybe on a Sunday or a Wednesday, powerful words been spoken, maybe over prosperity, hey, that all good things belong to us in Jesus' my name, or health belongs to us, and we're super, super, super exotic. No one can take anything from us on that Sunday. But then Monday comes around. And say, for example, we wake up and we got a little itchy little throat or something like that, and we're coughing and we're like, I don't feel good. Just those simple words, I don't feel good, has now opened, it's cracked that door open just a little bit for the devil to kind of peek in and say, oh, he doesn't feel good or she doesn't feel good. And then maybe as the day goes along, he's watching you now because you're on his radar. Okay, because Christians are on his radar a lot more than his own people, right? Because he already has them. So now you might say, ah, I, I feel kind of sick. Okay, now that door is opened up a little bit wider now. So he's like, oh, they want to take this sickness that I have for him. And that might seem super elementary, like, okay, it's just a little cough. But that starts with the cough. And that's how you know a lot of people have allowed and they became paranoid. Oh, I've got a cough. Oh, I, I feel like I'm shaking. Oh, I think I got COVID. Uh oh, I can't breathe. And that's how you know they allow something so simple, it starts with a cough, to end up killing them based on their words that they say out of their mouths. Um, in the Bible, it says life and death is on this tongue, what we speak. Now, on the opposite side of that, we can speak life over ourselves. And I know it's super in the natural, we live in the flesh, but you can't listen to your body. If you listen to your body, you probably even wouldn't even be here. So I'm kind of preaching to the, preaching to the, to the, uh, to the choir right here. Uh, but sometimes when I even get out, I've been super guilty of this. Uh, my feet sometimes after walking around, running around basketball practice, I anticipate my feet hurting. So when I get out the bed, I'm already kind of ginger, gingerly like, oh, oh it's going to hurt. 
And one day he kind of really spoke to me. He's like, what are you doing? Try not for my feet to hurt. Why are you trying for your feet not to hurt? Are you expecting your feet to hurt? And I'm like, oh, okay, you got me there. So get out in faith. Um, Jesus said, even though we might have sickness, we're going to have sickness that tries to come on our bodies, but we can't, we can't dwell on that sickness. We can't say, okay, well, I'm, I'm sick, so what am I going to do now? Or as soon as we feel like a little cough coming up, the first thing we do, instead of running to him, we run to the medicine cabinet or the refrigerator and go drown some type of medication or whatever that's only going to kind of make you feel better for a little moment, right? But Jesus said, I have the medication. I have exactly what you need to not only make you feel better for just a little while, but for the rest of your life. Us as Christians, we don't have to put up with a cough. We really don't. Even as simple as it is, we don't have to pull up with allergies or sickness or disease or COVID or anything like that because we have the greater one on the inside of us. And the last time I checked, Jesus is probably not in heaven coughing, okay? He probably doesn't have a fever going on right now, last time I checked. He took all of that on the cross, and it's done and forever. So we were with him on the cross, so therefore we should have the same experiences that he has, but we have to watch our mouths and what we say and what we allow to come into our hearts uh, with it. So let's look at Proverbs chapter 21, verse 23. And I'm going to read this in the message because it really, really stands out. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 23. Proverbs chapter 21. Verse 23, okay? Say amen when you're there. All right, perfect. All right, so watch your words and hold your tongue. You'll save yourself a lot of grief. Okay, that's not my words. I'm going to read that again. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 23 in the message. Watch your words. Watch what comes out of your mouth, okay? And hold your tongue, okay? A lot of times that hold your tongue is a lot difficult or very difficult when you're in the car, right? And maybe somebody cuts in front of you and you're in a hurry, and that's how you know you might call them a doo-doo turd or whatever, right? Okay, something like that, something crazy, right? I think, I remember Pastor James actually saying this one time, kind of like it reminds me of the little emoji or whatever. Um, and he was like, you don't really want them to turn into that, right? Like, or hopefully nothing worse comes out of our mouths. But a lot of the times, you know, I've heard people Maybe that I didn't see him, I got in front of him, and they gave me the fellowship sign, right? We know what that is. Um, and you know what they're trying to say. I'm like, really? Do you really want me to, to do, like, what, what's going on with that? But we have to watch our tongue and watch our mouths because we cause ourselves a lot of grief by what we say. Um, a lot of the times I give an example of we know that all good things belong to us in Christ, right? Uh, wealth, prosperity. Um, knowledge, wisdom, health, all good things come from above that's in us. But we can't sit there and say one thing and then come around and say another thing. It's almost like we're talking out the both sides of our head right here. So, for example, one minute you're saying, you know, by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. Then the next minute you're saying, oh, I don't feel good. Now you've gave Jesus something that he can't work with because you just contradicted yourself. Now, the devil can work with that second part. And God, Jesus, can work with that first part, okay, but he can't, you can't be in faith and doubt at the same exact time. It's impossible. So we have to watch what we say. If we say that, hey, wealth is in my house, I have all things, all things work for the good of me, we can't sit here and turn around and say, God, I'm so broke, I'm disgusted, or I can't get myself a wet paper bag. Okay, you're talking out the same side, and we're, we're so uh, tempted to do that. Um, especially us as Christians, sometimes we're our worst enemies because we say uh, certain things that don't line up with the Word of God. And we've got to be so careful for that because the world is already talking super negative, right? Um, if you just even go in the grocery store, you're hearing the world has problems, right? A lot of problems. Um, they're talking about how sick they are, how broke they are, how they're depressed, how they're sad, all of these different type of things. And before you know it, obviously, we got to be sympathetic to that. And we should be praying and trying to reach out to them and tell them, hey, we know a Savior that can deliver you from all of that. But we can't allow that spirit to get on us. Have you ever been 
around a friend maybe and they're super sad and you're, I mean, happy-go-lucky and next thing you know, you're sad and now y'all are both crying and you were just super happy because we let that spirit kind of get on us. Or maybe you're listening to a song and a super upbeat kind of Christian song and next thing you know, I mean, maybe you got something, I just think of country and they're talking about how you lost your house, your wife, your cars, and you haven't lost any of those things, but next thing you know, you're over there like, oh my God, I'm like, that's not even for you. What are you talking about? So we gotta be really, really careful and diligent with what we allow in our hearts um, and what we allow to come out of our mouths. Because like I said, life and death is in that tongue and we have to be careful uh, with it. So this goes back to the original statement that I made we are our own worst enemies a lot of the times because the devil, of course, we, we blame the devil for a whole lot, right? Um, and obviously he's a bad, bad devil. But sometimes we're a bad, bad running to our own selves. The devil doesn't even have to do anything. We talk ourselves out of a blessing or we talk ourselves out of prosperity based on what we say out of our mouth. So he's just sitting back there like, dang, you're going to kill yourself. I'll just sit back here and let you do it. Because just like Jeremiah said last week, last Sunday, the devil has zero power unless we give it to him. He has no power. But when we speak things that line up with his word, which is the opposite of what Jesus says, right? If Jesus says, by your stripes you're healed, the devil's word is, by my whatever, by my sickness, you're sick. Or whatever the case might be. His is just the opposite or the perversion of what Jesus says in his word. So it's easy, uh, super easy to speak something negative uh, that might be so small. So, for example, my kids sometimes, and we got to be careful with this as parents, um, and it might seem kind of silly, uh, but it kind of creates something in them uh, later on in life. So I know how sometimes you'll pop, you know, by the, out of a uh, door or something and try to scare them, right? Uh, try to catch them off guard. And maybe, you know, they've said, oh, you scared me to death. You have to watch those simple little words. You scared me to death. At one time, um, I think it was Aubrey said something like that. And I was like, whoa, time out. I was like, where'd you get that from? She was like, oh, I don't know. I just said it. I was like, hold on. We got to sit down and talk about that because your words, again, are producing what you say they are. Okay? And I know she's a child, but you got to train up a child the way that you want them or Jesus wants them to go. So I explained to her what you just said, and we broke it down kind of word by word, that scared me to death. Baby, you don't want to die. Daddy sure don't want you to die. And she was like, no, sir. I was like, but what you just said just lined up with something that the devil would want you to say. So, for example, you know, sometimes we're like, you know, I'm so broke, I'm disgusted or something like that. And that's thing you know, we're broke, and then we start feeling a little sick. And, okay, maybe coincidence, but our words produce life and our words produce death as well, okay? It's based on what we allow to come out of our tongue uh, with that. And I know the world will tell you, oh, nothing's wrong with that. He's just being super Christian-y or whatever the case might be. But what, hey, don't even say scared. Hey, you, oh, you, you got me so much that I got life. That don't make sense in the natural speaking, but we're talking our words because we want to produce faith and produce life in our life and we want to have abundant life with that so we have to watch and make sure our words line up with what Jesus says about us so whenever Jesus was faced with any circumstance or any situation um, in his life what did he do immediately he spoke to that situation right he didn't just stare at the situation or say hey I'm Jesus I'm God's son just look at me and now you're healed. No, he spoke to whatever situation. If there was a mountain in his way, he spoke with his words to that mountain and said, hey, peace out, you gotta go. You have no authority to stay here. So that same authority to use our mouths was given to us, okay? Whether it's up to us, whether we use that for good or for bad, okay? And I know no one knowingly is going to try to say anything negative about their own selves that cause their own dismind. But you never know. I remember, um, I got a lot of Pastor James stories because we've been here for a long time. But um, 
someone, I forgot exactly who, uh, was super, super paranoid because I think his dad died at the age of 40 or something like that. And he used to go around saying, I'm going to die at 40 just like my dad. I'm going to die at 40 just like my dad. Uh, my dad didn't see past 40. I'm going to die just like my dad, 40, 40, 40. And next thing you know, 40 comes around, dead, just like his dad. It didn't have anything to do with genetics or anything like that. It was what he spoke with his mouth, okay? Because, again, life and death is in our tongue. When we're speaking negative things, we're going to produce negative results. But when we're speaking life and it lines up with the word of God, that's going to produce for us as well. So we have to watch, again, what we say with our words. Uh, so let's look at John chapter 16, verse 23 through 24. John chapter 16 verses 23 and 24. So again, whenever Jesus was faced with a situation that did not line up with the word of God, he spoke to that situation by the power of his father God, and that situation had no choice but to obey them. When we speak to ourselves, excuse me, uh, when we speak and say, hey, by his stripes I am healed, that sickness has no other choice but to line up with that word of God. It has no other choice. It can't stay when you've mixed in faith, you've read your scriptures, and you're talking exactly what Jesus says. You, have, you give it no authority. That devil has to go, and he has no other choice but to go. So John chapter uh, 16, verse 23 through 24, it says, This is what I want you to do. Okay, so if someone tells you this is what you, they want you to do, what do you probably need to do? Do what they're, whatever they're fixing to tell you to do, right? Okay, so this is what I want you to do. Ask the Father for whatever is keeping things with the things I've revealed to you. Ask in my name according to my will, and he'll most certainly give it to you. Your joy will be a river overflowing its banks. Okay? So the only things we have to ask, anything that we ask in Jesus' name, he's going to give it to us with it lining up with his will. Now, obviously, we can't sit there and ask for something that we know as Christians we shouldn't be asking for. That's why he says that lines up with my will, okay? But whatever we ask with our words, we have the authority to ask anything, and he's going to be faithful and just to give it to us. Um, so... We have to make sure that everything that we say kind of lines up with what he's saying. Um, so let's look at John 10.10 10 really quick. John 10.10. 10. And we're all pretty familiar with John chapter 10, verse 10. So John chapter 10, verse 10, and this is kind of the devil's mission. If you kind of want to sum it up in a nutshell, this is what he's trying to do for us or against us. So John chapter 10, 10 says that this purpose or the devil's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. But my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. So we have a choice within that. Okay, We can either listen to the thief or the devil and go after his plan to kill us. Okay, or we can go after God's plan to give us life and give us life more abundantly. We get that choice. We get to choose, and that's the craziest thing. Sometimes us as Christians, un unknowingly, we end up choosing the devil's plan when Jesus is over there like, what are you doing? You're, you're, you're taking years off your own life by the decisions that you're making because you're speaking things that don't line up with my word. And the good thing about it is this right here gives us a whole lot of things to speak, okay? It gives us the manual, kind of with guys, with the instruction manuals, um, usually with my kids uh, getting toys and stuff like that or putting things together. Um, us guys were kind of famously known to do what with the instructions. Sit them down and say, hey, I got this myself. And then about six hours later, I'm like, okay, where's the instructions? Which should have probably only took 30 minutes, but now I'm like, okay, this is backwards. This is not safe. I can't let my daughter be on this bike when it, the pedal's supposed to be down, but the pedals are up here. They ain't good. God, Jesus, gave us the instruction manual right here for our life. 
we have to sit here. It does us no good, even though this is the most powerful word in the history of the planet. If we just sit there and let it sit there, it does us no good. We have to open this thing and read what he says to us because it teaches us how to live our daily lives, what to say, what not to say. But we have to open it and say, you know what, Heavenly Father, I don't have all the answers, but guess what you do? So let's look at your word and see what do you have to say about today? How do you want me to live my life today? What do you want me to do today? And we have to do that every single day um, so we can live according to his will uh, because he has really, really good things in store for us. But a lot of the times we as Christians try to live our own life and do our own plans. And that's how we really, really get messed up. Um, and the uh, youth class I taught this is, you know, we have plans, the world has plans, God has plans, okay? And when we don't allow God's plans and our plans to intertwine, that's how we get ourselves in a world of trouble. Um, for example, with, um, I saw Avery actually posted this, I think it was on Instagram, maybe on Facebook too, I actually got on that now. Um, and it looks completely different than it did like 12 years ago, by the way, um, side note. But she posted something about God's plan uh, with, it was a picture, I think, of her and Jeremiah um, and how they met. Uh, so she had other plans to go somewhere else. I think it was use Oklahoma, Tulsa, Tulsa, yeah. Um, but God was leading her to go to Minnesota. Um, and if she would have listened to her own plans, she wouldn't have met her husband. John Parker, Ezra probably wouldn't have been a family. But she said, okay, Jesus, look, I've got my plans, but you know what? You have greater plans for me. What do you want me to do? So she listened and obeyed, and now she gets to eat the fruits of her labor by listening to Jesus, who has all the answers to it for us. It's almost like a cheating on a test, right? Jesus has the answers. Um, but if we don't listen to him, guess what? We're going to fail the test in life. And so many times, us as Christians, he says, okay, this is the path I want you on. And then we go, oh, okay, where are we even at? But he says, look, just, you know what? You messed up. Ask for forgiveness. Get back on my course because I have the straightest path to your success. But you have to listen to me. If you try to do your own thing, that's when you get out the will of God. And that's how the devil is able um, to do those things to you, to take from you, um, to, to steal from you. Um, if you're staying in the will of God and you're talking to your money, no one can take your money. It can't happen. The devil can't take anything unless you allow him to take it from you. Um, and the last time I checked, I'm not allowing the devil to take anything from me. Um, and hopefully you guys are not as well uh, because that is something that I won't put up with. And this kind of a side note, sometimes we put up with the, the devil's mess too much. Uh, we just say, oh, okay, well, you know what, I'm having a bad day, it's just life. And yeah, we're going to have, you know, some tough type days. Life is going to happen, we still live in the world. But we put up with his mess way too much. We allow him to put sickness on us and just, actually just take his sickness, okay, because, and then we're like, well, Jesus, why am I sick? He's like, hey, dummies, I don't have sickness to give you. Don't ask me why you're sick, it's because of you, the choices that you made. Or we sit there and look at the TV stream for about, 24 hours of the day and we're wondering why the next day we're tired Well, you stayed up all night now of course your body isn't going to need the or have the rest that it needs so we have to make choices in life that lines up with the word of god and say you know what devil you're not allowed to come in my house you can't touch my kids you can't touch my wife you can't touch my husband you can't touch my property you can't even come near on my street like if you see where i live if you see four foot or johnson street you better go somewhere else because you can't come near here. Or even further than that, you can't come near my city. You can't come near my state. But so many times we just say, uh, uh, whatever, I mean, uh, I guess it's just a part of life. And we're sometimes we're weak Christians. We just take stuff. Um, and that's not what, we, what we're designed to do. Jesus gave us all the power that we have, all the power that he has, we technically have inside of us, but if we don't ever exercise that power, just like muscles, if you don't ever go to the gym, you're never gonna have any muscles, okay? You're not gonna be able to lift what you could if you exercise it daily. And how we exercise in Jesus, okay, is by opening up this word and using it every single day and say, you know what? Hey, today, 
I might be having a bad day, but before I overreact or before I react, I'm going to go into this word and say, hey, what do you have for me today? Before I give that person a, a taste of my mind or tell them something that I probably shouldn't say, you know what, I'm going to take a step back and say, what do you want me to say to them? Because they, obviously, if they're in the world, they're probably having a bad day, okay? And then if we're Christians and we say something kind of ugly to them, now it's already kind of the stereotypical, oh, look at that, that's just a Christian that, man, whatever, look at them, they're no different than me. We have to be different than the world. They have to see a difference in us because they're never going to want what we have if it looks just like what they have because they already know for the most part they're messed up. But our lives should be different. No, it doesn't mean that we're perfect, but we're trying to serve a perfect Jesus the best way that we know how to. And again, this is the manual to be able to do exactly uh, what he has us to do. Uh, so let's look at Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Proverbs 4, verse 23. And I'm going to read this out of the message. So that's kind of talking about um, that first part of the message was talking about what we're saying with our mouths, okay? But Jesus also instructs us to watch what we allow come into our hearts, okay? Because what we allow to come in our heart is going to eventually come out of your mouth, and you're going to speak something that you don't need to be speaking. So a lot of the times, you can kind of tell what's so full or what a person's full of if they're in a difficult situation. So for example, you're driving down the road, um, and this can't happen to any of us in Jesus' name, but give it an example. You're driving down the road, someone's coming at you. What's the first thing that you're going to say? Oh, no, or in Jesus' name, whatever is, come, whatever is in you, hopefully not a bad word, but whatever is in you is going to come out of you. If you're so filled with Jesus and the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, that Word has no choice but to bubble on the outside of you, come out in fruition. But if we're so filled with watching all kind of our soap operas or movies and stuff like that, there's no telling what's going to come out of you. So you have to be so filled with this word that nothing but Jesus comes out of you in good times, bad times, or anything in between. So uh, Proverbs chapter 4, verses 23 says, Keep vigilant, watch over your heart. That's where life starts. Okay? So right there, Jesus is instructing us to keep watch over our hearts, what we allow in our hearts. And a lot of times, what we allow in our hearts is what we see or what we hear. So for example, a lot of people, and I don't have statistical proof of this, but I really, really feel this so much, people that kind of battle um, fear, phobia, stuff like that, it all kind of goes back to when they were younger, teenager, kid, whatever, by watching a lot of scary movies and stuff. So if we're allowing fear to kind of dominate our lives and stuff like that, fear is going to be on the inside of our hearts. So every time we turn around and someone's kind of walking by us, we kind of have like a little fear of that. Scary movies, like we can't allow that fear, those phobias and stuff to get on the inside of us because God gave us, the, he didn't give us the spirit of fear, okay, at all. So that doesn't come from him. Um, depression, a lot of the times people are just, and depression's a real thing. Um, absolutely, and people battle it all the time, but it's just a devil, okay? It's just one of devil's little tricks that he wants you to try to take as though it's yours. So some people say, my depression. No, it's not your depression. It's the devil's depression. You maybe let it get off you but or get on you, but as quick you, as you let it get on you, you can get it off of you by looking at the Savior and saying, you know what? The last time I checked, Jesus isn't depressed, so why am I depressed? Okay? Depression has no right to my life, to my heart, because I'm not going to allow it in. So right here, it says to watch our hearts. Okay? Our hearts are precious things. That's where life starts, right? When a baby is consumed, it has a heart beat. That's kind of the symbolism of life. Okay? Just like death, how do they know that you're dead? You don't have a pulse, right? You don't have a heart beat. So life starts with the heart. Okay? And just like life starts with the heart, death can start with the heart as well. 
foul lying symptoms and diseases and all of that stuff to get in your life. So we have to be careful not only with our hearts, not only with our mouths, but what we allow in our ears as well. Um, making sure that your circle, and you can love people sometimes from a distance. That's the best way to kind of put it sometimes, where that might be your, your best friend, but if they're always talking negative, 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 it's going to eventually affect you, whether you want it to or not. And you can, you can pray for them. Hey, you know, you can still, still speak the word of God to them, but you can't allow that to come into your life because it's going to end up affecting you in your relationship with God because if they're always talking about how sad they are, how depressed they are, how broke they are, eventually that spirit is going to try to come on you. And again, Jesus says, watch your heart. Watch what you allow to come in your heart, your ears, and what comes out of your mouth um, as well. Because again, life and death is in this tongue. So whatever is in your heart, think about this, um, music. This is why music is so powerful, especially when we're praising and worshiping. Uh, because you're speaking those words just like Jesus spoke words and you're glorifying and praising him just like a song uh, maybe when you were growing up and you don't ever listen to the music that you even used to listen to but maybe you heard it so much that maybe you even hear the beat of it you automatically start kind of like Jeremiah was um, living on a prayer of that song um, that he said last week but before you know it you hear something you're like singing it and you're like I haven't heard that in 30 years or whatever where do they even come from? But because of that beat, that melody, those lyrics, it comes out of your mouth because you allowed it to get into your heart. And that's exactly what I tell my kids all the time. Watch who you're hanging out with. I'm going to watch for you, too. But if somebody's talking not what they're supposed to be talking, hey, you can't be around them. I'm sorry. You can, you can be friends from a distance. You don't have to be ugly to them. But we're not going to allow those negative thoughts, those negative mentality to come out of our heart and say stuff that does not line up with the word of God. And we have to protect our kids, our families, um, because you, I mean, there's a lot of real stuff. Um, me being a teacher um, the last eight, nine years, um, kids are different. I'll just put it like that. Um, I know everyone says that generations are different. but Kids were battling things that I never thought they would ever battle with, like kindergarten, first grade, second grade. They're saying stuff. I'm like, where in the world did you just get that? Like, what? Like, what are you talking about? Or questioning, you know, sexuality and stuff. Like, it's just, just crazy stuff. You're talking about kindergartners, first graders, second graders, and doing things. I mean, um, at one of my uh, previous schools, it was a, literally I heard about it, it was a fourth grader with a vape. Um, and smoking in the bathroom. Um, my son's school, um, he told me about one time a little boy um, in the third grade smoking a vape in the bathroom. Like, what in the world? I'm telling you, it's a real thing, and that's why a lot of this stuff is happening. I'll say this, and I'll continue to say it. The moment that we took Jesus out of our schools, it opened up the door for the devil to come in because he's like, okay, now. And um, a school that I was at, Thompson High School in Alabaster, um, the reason why I really, really love that school, our principal uh, was a man of God. And nowadays, if you, you have to be politically correct, um, separation of church and state, I don't care. I'm going to talk what I talk, and whatever happens, happens. God will take care of me. But he's kind of the same mentality with it. He prayed before school. That's a no-no. You can't do that nowadays, but he didn't care. He literally says, hey, you know what? Our school, this can be the difference between our kids living or our kids dying. Um, so it's, we gotta get church, I mean, um, prayer, church, school, all of it together because it all ties in because if we're not talking to our kids, if we're not talking to the next generation, there's a lot of people out there in the world that's trying to tell them different things. And that's a, just a kind of a side note, but someone's always talking to your kids no matter what. Someone's always talking to us no matter what. We have to make sure it's the correct voice. And a lot of kids, I mean, I mean, they'll tell you first grade, second grade, oh, I hate church. Why do you hate church? Because my mom and dad hates church. And I'm like, oh. but we have to really, really make sure that we're connected to this generation because whether we want to realize it or not, they're going to be the, they're the next generation that's coming up. Um, and I know it was kind of a running joke at one point in time, but um, Kanye West talking about he was going to run for president or whatever, um, if you know him. Okay, if you don't, don't worry about it. Um, but 
running for president and a lot of these kids that were fixing to be voting age are like, yeah, we're gonna vote for Kanye. And I'm like, whoa, Ty, what, you, huh, what? And a lot of the times they're just doing stuff or saying stuff just because they see it on Twitter or see it on Instagram or whatever. Um, and that's completely a side note, but we have to reach this next generation uh, because the world is constantly trying to bombard them with all kind of things. Um, and it's a whole lot of negative things. There's not a whole lot of good. I mean, you have um, kindergartners saying they're depressed. Um, and that's a problem. Like when I was in kindergarten, like, I don't know what, what depression was. Maybe I was sad because I didn't have my favorite blue crayon, but I wasn't depressed. I didn't go home and start crying every single night or people bullying people. And then these kids are taking their lives because they're getting bullied on social media and all of that type of stuff. Like my kids, they're, they won't, you're not getting social media. You're, you stay away from that for as long as you possibly can. Um, again, that was a completely side note that's not in my notes. Uh, but it's something that we have to um, keep diligent and watch of, talking about watching our mouths, watching our hearts. Uh, because, again, a child's heart is the most innocent heart like ever, right? Um, they're the cutest little things a lot of the times. Um, and we have to watch what we allow, not only in our hearts, but in our family's hearts as well, whether they're grown, um, kind of little tweedles or whatever the case might be. Uh, we have to watch what we allow to come in their heart. So the Word of God is our instruction manual, just like I said earlier, uh, that we need to study so we can stay on course. Um, and again, I kind of gave you an example about the man being able to, not wanting to use um, the instruction manuals. But we have to make sure that every single day we use our instruction manual, uh, because if not, we're going to be off course. We're going to Something that should only take 30 minutes is going to take us six hours if we're not doing what we're supposed to do. And it might be just a simple, still voice of, hey, turn right here, okay? And we're stopping the light. Well, we're supposed to go left, and this has happened before for, uh, to me, um, going across in Summerton Door area uh, where the Hardee's is and going across the road uh, right there where the bank is, where I was supposed to go uh, keep straight and, uh, or excuse me, go right, but God told me to keep straight right there, and I'm like, well, I got to go, like, I got to go, and he's like, no, no, listen to what I said, and if I didn't, ding, like, it would have been not so good, obviously, I still have faith that I would have made it out, but it makes life a lot more difficult on us, it causes us grief when we don't listen to the Holy Spirit and allow him to direct our paths, um, so let's look at Romans chapter 10, verse 17. So Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. So Romans chapter 10, verse 17. And we all are very familiar with this. So faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Uh, but I ask, or excuse me, so faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So if faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, what do you think doubt comes from? By hearing as well. Okay, it's all about hearing. What you hear, what you allow to come in your hearts. So if you're, someone is praying for you to be healed, Okay, and you know that healing belongs to you, okay, and you're having cassettes, uh, or not really cassette players anymore, but CDs, um, um, podcasts, all of those different type of things playing constantly, and it's pouring out that word of God, okay, just as fast as that can encourage you, if you allow people to come in that's saying negative things, oh, oh, you're just so sick, I'm so sorry, maybe you might make it out, I'm just so sorry, you're just so sick, that can create doubt, which is the opposite of faith. So it's about hearing by the hearing by the word of God. If we're hearing Jesus and staying on course and letting that word get inside of our hearts, that's going to bubble up in us and come out of our mouths and speak those things that line up with the word of God. But on the flip side of that, if we allow doubt to creep in and say, oh, maybe, maybe, Maybe I read the wrong scripture. Maybe Jesus didn't die for all of us to be healed. Maybe just some of us. 
And then I started doubting what Jesus has already purchased for us. And then I'm saying that with my mouth because usually whatever we think or whatever we have in our heart is going to eventually come out of our mouths, okay? Um, have you ever been in the store and somebody did something to you and you're just thinking it, but you actually, actually said what you were thinking outside of your mouth and you're like, oh, did I just say that? Like, ooh, Jesus, forgive me. And it happens, right? It happens to the best of us, okay? Um, so whatever we have in our spirit is eventually going to pour out of us, whether that's good or bad, okay? We can have bad things in our spirit, okay? It can't stay. We can't allow it to stay because guess what? If we're allowing bad things to come into our spirit and speak doubt and unbelief, Jesus and unbelief don't get along. They don't have dinner together, okay? They don't sit down and eat collard greens together, okay? They just don't. Jesus can't get along with doubt. Because doubt is the opposite of what he believes, and he paid an awesome, awesome, awesome price for us to have faith in what he did. Because if we have faith, if we don't have faith in Jesus, okay, if we won't never admit this, if we don't have faith in Jesus, we have faith in the devil, okay? Because guess what? You can't really have faith in yourself because yourself can't do anything. But if you're not, having, if you're not in faith with Jesus, you're almost in agreement with the devil on things that he has, and that's never a good place to be because Jesus has done it all for us. There's nothing left for Jesus to do at all. It's already paid for, purchased, signed, sealed, delivered. It's us. It's been purchased to our bank accounts, but a lot of times Christians, they don't, we don't tap into it. We just let it sit there. So if someone gave you a million dollars and put it in your bank account at Sonovas downtown, and you never, and they, and they tell you about it, but you never act on that or demand that money to come out of your account, it does you no good, right? You just have a million dollars, and maybe it's drawing a little bit of interest every single month or whatever, but it does you no good until you act on it. Jesus died on the cross, uh, purchased our salvation, purchased our healing, purchased us to be able to have, be prosperous, but it does us no good if we don't act upon that, we don't accept it and say, you know what, you did it, so it must be something you want me to have, so it's mine in Jesus' name. It does us no good if we don't act on that, speak it out with our mouth and let it enter into our hearts. Uh, so let's look at Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. And this message is for me more than anyone. Um, I felt like he was just kind of instructing me a whole lot, like, okay, I, I see where exactly where you are. Oh, this is exactly where you are. We're going to read it one more time. Um, so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So our faith is activated when we see something, okay, we hear it, and now we speak those things that be not, even though they might not seem like in the natural, it might seem, okay, I really don't feel good in the natural, but you know what? I'm not listening to what my body says or how my body feels. It might look like my bank accounts are completely empty. I'm not focused on that. I'm focused on the Savior that says, you know what? He has already purchased my healing. He's already purchased my prosperity. I'm looking towards that because in the natural, the natural, we speak and look at the natural, the natural will always let us down. But if we look to where our help comes from, which is Jesus on the inside of us, that's exactly where we need to be and to look at him and say, you know what? I don't care what the natural seems like, but by his stripes I am healed. So if he said it, guess what? I must be healed, and I'm not coming off of that until the manifestation meets. Um, no matter what my friend says, no matter what the doctor says, I am going to stay steadfast and almost have like tunnel vision where I'm not looking at the circumstances, I'm looking focused on God because he's the only one that can kind of deliver, or not kind of, be the only one that will deliver us from it. So um, look how easily, again, we talked about a song uh, getting in our spirit. Have you ever been so kind of, um, there's this particular song um, that I really, really love. And when I'm driving to work a lot of times, when I was working at Cornerstone uh, this past year, when I listen to it, it almost kind of feels like I'm driving the car, but I'm not driving the car. I'm like caught up in the spirit. And obviously I'm still driving the car. Jesus is driving the car for me. And it feels like I'm just really kind of caught up within him. That's how we need to be every single day where 
if even when we're on in the grocery store, we're sitting here, we're like, you know what, Jesus praying underneath our breath. Excuse me. We don't have to necessarily pray out loud. I mean, sometimes when you're at work, you're working by other people and you might not can actually, you know, pray out loud, whatever the case might be. But we can always be allowing that spirit to bubble in because you never know it. It might be the difference between someone else living that day or dying that day. Because Jesus, if we're so filled with the spirit, we're praying, we're praying, we're praying. Hey, God, use me however you want to use me. There might be that person that you sit next to every single day at work that's contemplating, you know, taking their own life. And if we're not so filled with the spirit, it's, we're not going to be sensitive to his voice to say, you know what? pray for them or talk to them or whatever the case might be, and we miss our, our whole situation. There's a, I know there's probably been countless amount of times where we're not sensitive to Jesus' voice because we're not filled with the Spirit. We're, we're talking about, hey, I got to get in and out of Walmart, and we got to get out quick, and I hope no one sees me because I ain't got makeup on or whatever the case might be, and we're so, not me, obviously, um, but we're so, so quick to get in and out that we're not focused on, okay, well, what if Jesus, maybe he's actually planned for me to be at Walmart on August the 2nd at 5 o'clock p.m. for a reason. And not that we need to be sitting here looking with our spirit eyes like, okay, who needs help? Who needs help? But just listen to him. Slow down a little bit in life. I talked our teens about that um, probably about a couple months ago is sometimes we get so busy with our life and we just keep on, keep on, keep on, keep on. We got to do this. We got to do this. Next thing when we look up, it is 8 o'clock. Oh, I haven't fixed dinner. Yeah, I got to go. I got to go. I got to go. And next thing you know, we get in bed, and the only time we have even talked to God that day is when we're fixing to say our bedtime prayers. And that's not how life needs to be. And it's so easy to do that. I mean, it's a busy life. I have, I have kids. I have a wife. I have a I coach. I teach. All of these different type of things, it can kind of get away from you before you know it. And you're like, whoa, I need to slow down and take a step back and say, hey, Jesus, I'm sorry. I have ignored you completely today. What? Let's, let's get back in fellowship right here because he's just sitting there almost kind of like a puppy. Um, we have a dog now, and God bless him. Um, it was storming last night, and I'm, I'm really not an inside dog type of person, but I, I love my family, so I kind of went away from it and let, let it happen. Um, and he does not like storms at all. So it's just me and him right now. Um, so he kind of knows, because usually when the kids and Amanda comes in, his little tail is wagging, he's jumping up, and I don't allow him to jump on me at all. So he's just kind of like, oh, it's you. Okay. <coughs> so he just sits there. And so last night, I've been trying to be nicer to him. Um, and so I was in my bed, um, and he's just sitting there crying, whining. And I'm like, okay, okay, I know it's storming outside. Calm down. Just lay there. You can stay down here. It's kind of cool. So next thing you know, he's putting his little paws on the bed, and that's a big no-no for me, too. Um, and I'm like, all right, calm down. Sit back down. And, I mean, the little dog so quick, he didn't jump in the bed with me before. And I'm definitely not a dog in my bed type thing. But, again, I felt bad for him because he was super, super scared. So I'm like, okay, swallow my pride, lay right here by me. And you almost kind of give him an inch, they'll take a mile type thing. So he's getting a little bit closer to me, a little bit closer. I'm like, buddy, bag up, like. Because I don't do the whole licking thing either. I'm different, I guess. I love dogs, but not that much. Um, they're like, it's just kissing you. Okay, well, I don't kiss dogs, so there it is. But he's getting a little bit closer, a little bit closer. And his little face is, like, stretching up towards my face. I'm like, boy, you better go on now. And next thing you know, he tries to get a big old little tongue whip on my face. And I'm like, yep, you got to go. And then he already knew he was in trouble, so he just kind of well, wags his tail and just takes up up the stairs. And I have no clue why I even told you that. But just size the story. But he's listening, and he, well, I know exactly where I kind of was going with that. When we pull up, he is listening with his ears. He has, like, supersonic hearing. Um, even sometimes we get in late, and we don't want to bother with him. We've got his food outside because he sleeps outside, too. Now I did win that battle because um, I don't trust a dog while we're asleep. And next thing you know, you wake up and everything's destroyed. So I'm like, now nah, you can sleep outside. So he has supersonic hearing. So we'll pull up 
everyone's really, really quiet. We don't, we barely even shut the doors. We don't hit the beep on the alarm on the car. We just lock it from the inside. And as soon as we touch the steps, he's like, arr, arr. I'm like, how did you, you can't see us because our, our, our house is, how did you hear us? And that's exactly what sometimes we got to be so sensitive Sometimes Jesus don't sit there and scream at us. Now, there are those uh, certain circumstances where he's like, hey, woohoo, you remember me, Savior of the universe. Hey, you want to talk today? But there's those sometimes those subtle ways that he says, hey, you know what? Slow down. C come over here. Let's talk. Hey, I, I see you're having a rough day. Let's talk about it. But sometimes we want to talk to everyone about our circumstance besides the only one that can fit our circumstance. We want to talk to mom, dad, friend, uncle. And yeah, this is great to have people to talk to, but they can't fix you. They can't fix anything about you. The only one that can fix you is the person that created you, okay? And uh, again, all of these things, like with people, um, you know, drugs, alcohol, all that stuff, it's great to go to those meetings. That's great and wonderful. At least they're getting some type of help. But those meetings can't fix those people. The only one that can take that desire, that taste out of your mouth or that feeling, that craving is the one that created you because all of those cravings are meant to be put into the image of God and crave him. They just got it twisted where they're craving something that can never fulfill their life. It's almost kind of like a, when people are struggling, it's a big empty void and they try to plug it with, say, if you got a big circle and you try to plug a square in that circle, it's not gonna fit or a triangle or whatever in that um, circle is not going to fit. The only thing that was meant to fit in that circle is a circle to plug it in. So the only thing that's ever meant to fill a void in our life is the Holy Spirit, is Jesus. He's the only one that is able to fill that void and completely satisfy us like nothing else um, completely did. Just like with that, uh, the H2O, the water right there, and it's a hot day. The only thing that can satisfy my buddy, my dog, is that water. When he sees it, he goes to town on it. Okay, the only thing that's meant to satisfy us is the word of God. We can try to fill it with a whole bunch of other things, but it will never, ever last. That's why you see people with billions of dollars, and they're not satisfied. They're, they're depressed. They're going through this. They're going through that because they look to their money or they look to their material things to satisfy them, but it can never, ever, ever, ever satisfy you. This is the only thing, the word of Jesus, is the only thing that can ever satisfy us. When we allow it to come into our hearts, we watch what comes in our hearts, and Jesus come into our hearts is the only thing that can ever fulfill us. We let Jesus' word, his life, bubble up on the inside of us, and then we speak those things that come out of our mouths. Um, and in closing right here, uh, when we're around people, we need to be speaking life to them. Um, social media is one of those big things, and I'm on it um, as well. Uh, but so many times, if you're not careful, you can be sitting there scrolling through, and you're like, oh, these people's life is, oh, my gosh, like, what's going on with this? What's going on with that? And that's how you know, again, it's affected your spirit. Uh, and you don't really see that many positive posts on there. You see kind of negative things on there. Um, but we need to be that shining light to say, you know what? Hey, this can be my ministry. Not everyone wants to talk in front of people, and that's perfectly okay. You just put out the word of God, and even a simple text to someone, hey, I'm praying for you today. Hey, I, I believe in you. Jesus believes in you. Jesus loves you. I can't tell you how many times uh, when I was on Facebook a long time ago, I would just send a message to a random, used to be like friend of mine growing up, hey, Jesus loves you. And almost probably eight times out of ten, they're like, man, you don't know how much I needed to hear that today. Here's blah, 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 blah that's going on. And not necessarily that even Jesus told me to say that, okay, but sometimes Jesus don't always need to instruct us on something that we should be able to do just out of the goodness of our heart because we love people. There's no reason why this church should be filled up because there's a lot of people that's looking that's hungry, but we got to be able to be that, that status, that steak that's really, really seasoned to show them, hey, you know what? This is what Christ looks like. Come over here because we have miracles. We have all of these things that's happening. We have a pastor that literally been raised from the dead, and if we're not sharing it to people, 
they don't know about it. I mean, it's not like we put out our article in the newspaper, so how are people gonna know besides if we say it with our mouths to allow them to know, hey, miracles are flowing. Because I remember when I first came to this church, I mean, it was over there and it was filled to the brim. I mean, there was packed out. I mean, I was nervous when I first came in because I was like probably 12 at the time. And all of these teenagers are around and I'm like, oh, and then they just come, Avril, um, sweet little Avril, huh? Uh, but she comes up, she's like, hey, my name's Avril. I'm like, okay, back away. Like, who's this crazy girl? Um, and obviously, um, brothers and sisters kind of ever since that. Uh, but there's no reason why our church shouldn't be filled that much or even way more than that. We should be having an overflow where people are bombarding in, but we can't get too comfortable. Sometimes we get comfortable just sitting on the blue chair and saying, hey, as long as me and my crew are good, whatever, I guess we'll, we're good. No, it's not about just us. Okay, that's great that we have our salvation worked out through Christ but what about that chair that's next to you? Because they need it more than necessarily that you do because if you've already got it, okay, that's great and wonderful, but we need to be worried about that next person and not worried, but trying to reach them to say, hey, come in here. Um, just like our little kids class, it should be completely packed out with little kids. Um, and a lot of parents, they're willing to drop them off. They might not come, but if they see a difference in their kids to say, hey, you know what? They're acting a little different. Like they're not jumping and trying to like hurt each other. They're kind of calm and talking about Christ. That can lead those parents to come into to church as well. Um, and they didn't tell me to say any of this stuff, but I want all of us, I know we all been here whatever amount of time. We want to see this church continue to grow because we've I've been a part of it 18 years. Um, doesn't seem that long but 18 years, and we want it to continue because I know exactly what we hear behind that pulpit from Pastor James, Pastor Susan, or whoever's behind it. So that word is life-changing, and we want people to be able to sit underneath that to get exactly the same word that we get so we can impact Jasper uh, for all for the glory of God. If we're just sitting there, we're not impacting the world, Jasper, or Walker County, or anything. But when we allow people to know, hey, you know what? Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord of this church. Jesus is Lord over me. Jesus is Lord over my family. And they see a difference, that's going to be appetizing to them and say, you know what? Let's just try it out. Offer to buy someone lunch or whatever the case might be. You never know. Some people might, oh, free, free lunch. Sure, I'll go. And that's how you, you get them in and they start seeing, hey, you know what? This is exactly where I need to be because I know there's a lot of people that's called to be at this church that's necessarily not here, and they might be scared to come in a Bolton building or whatever the case might be. Invite them, reach out to them, and say, you know what? We got great things going on here, okay? Um, everyone stand up for me really quick. <clears throat> and I want you just to kind of close your eyes. We're going we're to dream for a little bit. Um, I know um, as kids, kids, um, or used to do this a lot more, um, but I always try to teach my kids to, to dream, dream big, don't dream small. Um, Jesus is a big, big God, he's not a limited God. There's no amount that, excuse me, that he can't provide for you. So right now, I just want you to open up your um, arms like a funnel and just close your eyes where it's not distracted, you're not in the natural anymore, and I just want you to pray for 30 seconds and see this church absolutely filled. Hear with your ears people worshiping Jesus, worshiping God, getting healed, getting saved. This church overflowing, people writing articles about how many miracles and all of that is happening. We're going to go for a count of three, and then we're going to go for 30 seconds of just worshiping God for it because it's happening. One, two, three. Holy Father, I thank you for everything you're doing. Holy Father, I thank you, Jesus, that this church is completely open and filled with you from the very top to the very bottom, from the side to the side. I thank you, Jesus, Holy Father, that you're absolutely overflowing this church all for your glory. Holy Father, I thank you, Jesus, that signs, miracles, wonders, and knowledge is coming right now. Heavenly Father, I thank you for everything you're doing. I thank you, Jesus, that you're the greater one that lives on the inside of you. I praise and worship you, Heavenly Father, right now, right now, right now. Uh, right now, thank you, Jesus, for your for your prosperity, for your wisdom, your knowledge. Right now, thank you. Right now, in Jesus' mighty name, in Jesus' mighty name, Amen, Amen, Amen. Now, when before you even open your eyes, I don't want you to see. Now, obviously, in the natural, your eyes are going to open. 
I don't want you to see blue chairs. I want you to see, and by the Spirit, and it's going to take by the Spirit to see this, where people are lined up at this altar, lined up, sitting down at the chairs, worshiping Jesus, worshiping the Savior that needs to be worshiped, that craves to be worshiped, that deserves to be worshiped. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, 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 amen. Amen. Well, my prayer is that you got something great from this message. Um, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is good. Um, Our mouths, our hearts, our ears are meant to be sacred. Okay? He wants us to experience all of the good things that he has. But we've got to want it for ourselves, too. Just because he wants it for us doesn't mean that we're going to experience. we got to search him and say, you know what, Jesus? What do you have in store for me today? What do you want in my life today? And we've got to do all of those things uh, for his glory.